You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. Welcome back to another episode of the Ratchet Ramble Podcast presented to you by Flawless Noises Media. I am one of your hosts. I am Jeremy. Y'all already know where to find me on social media. My AKA for today will be Counter Day CVS Pharmacy because I'm buying up everything. Um, as you just going. You going because you can't wait to get that long ass receipt worth of coupons. I, hey, don't judge me. Um, as usual, I'm joined by my friends and my co hosts. <laughs> What's up, everybody? It's Candace, not so new at PC on all social media. Um, my AKA today is Jocelyn is delusional. <laughs> always and forever and as always one of our favorite amigas is here hey adrian hey y'all this is adrian aka who you write character letters for says a lot about your character <laughs> let's talk about it right it, it, it ain't like <laughs> a whole lot of shows to cover we're gonna talk about real housewives of atlanta reunion part one we're gonna talk about um the part two of the Love and Marriage Detroit, Detroit reunion, because I only got a couple of things to say about that. And then Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is back and it is very messy and I can't wait to get into it. Um, but two, so what's his name? Danny Masterson is going to oh. prison for, is that, is it Danny? Yep. Danny. Danny Masterson. Mm-hmm. I never really liked that 70s show. So I'm I'm not at all shocked that most of the people that was on that show is pieces of shit. Um, but he was convicted of two counts of rape. He's going to jail for 30 years. And one also, you need to understand that who you write character witnesses for will eventually become public information, character references, letters of character. It it will be made known to the public. But Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher wrote letters uh wrote character reference letters for danny masterson saying he's a upstanding guy he's a role model he's the only person they trust to be alone with their kids and so such and such and so and so and it's a tragedy because his wife or his partner is pregnant and they're losing a father before they could ever meet him and now another child has to grow up without their dad so I think it's much better off to grow up without a rapist for a dad. And Let's then talk about it. and then Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher have the audacity to come out with these bullshit ass apologies talking about they realize now that the letters that they wrote hurt people. And it's y'all are fucking awful people. And investigate whatever little sex trafficking, sex abuse organization they're supposed to be a part of. Cause they, cause ain't no way. They fuck around and be on that damn aisle. Was it Epstein? Ain't that what it is? From that seventy show, from that seventy show to that thirty years in jail. (laughs) 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 That thirty years show (laughs) title. You up up and away. It's gonna be twenty seventy by the time you get out. (laughs) But yes, yeah, of course. But who you do your character, like, who you do your character letters for, it matters. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing we said about Nikki when she wrote on behalf of her brother. Yep. 
Same energy. Same thing was said when we found out about the people writing character letters for Tory Lanez. Yeah. Like, I also want to say. All the, hold on. Let me say this again. Of all the people that are incarcerated or get convicted of things that could use support, could use, you know, community, could use any type of, you know, help being tangled up in the carceral prison system. A rapist is not one of those people that you need to be right for. At all. Yeah. But rape culture is a hell of a thing. Because you put your reputation out there for a motherfucker that's going to be away for 30 years. That's the word. Yep. Didn't even want to appear. Oh, the, this. And the kicker is, oh, this was just for the judge to see. Like, so it was supposed to be a secret that I support this rapist. Y'all wasn't never supposed to know this. Nasty word, dark time. And also... While we're here, I just would like to say that for those of you who did so much defending of Chris Rock, <laughs> for those of you who did so much defending of Chris Rock, well, you can get whew, so apparently he sexually assaulted a woman and there are leaked conversations of him trying to have it covered up. Wasn't he trying to get another man to like come out and mess with her like reputation? He was and her he work? was trying to hire somebody who is so known for doing this that there are documentaries about what he does and how he is hired by uh powerful most mostly powerful men to discredit their victims in situations like these. He comes out and basically tarnishes their reputation and it ultimately leads to legal legal charges legal cases not being picked up because he works so diligently and so hard at discrediting the victims and harassing them that nothing truly comes of it and chris rock is on is is recorded you know basically trying to hire this man and the man is saying well you'll have to change your story to make it look like it was all totally consensual at all times and so on and so forth and again just who who people go to bat for says a lot about them and i'm not saying people can't have problematic Mm -hmm. faves but what i'm saying is if you have a problematic fave if there is somebody who is truly problematic when they are called to the carpet you should oftentimes be fucking quiet and shut up Y'all had tried to, and again, I'm not the hugest Jada Pinkett fan, but again, when when people started sharing facts about why this was so personal between him and Will, because he had harassed and disrespected and belittled Jada Pinkett Smith for so many years because she didn't want him, that's when a lot of y'all should have shut the fuck up. Um, I absolutely am not shocked by this. My biggest question these days when it comes to Holly Weird is who's not an abuser? Yeah. That, like, that's the who's not? Like, who's not a piece of shit? Who's not a piece of shit? And if they're not abusers, they capitalist this, they capitalist pieces of shit who does not care if people of the world suffer as long as they get their slice of the American pie or the or the financial pie. I mean, you could tell, I mean, to add to that point, Candace, I mean, just look how so few of them are supporting the writer strike. Yeah. I think, like, what I, I think, the, well, not the only one, I can't remember the white man's name, but it's, like, a white dude, and I think Sager the Entertainer, like, the only two that I saw so far. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, 
I've seen a few. Um, I've seen a. I've seen several names that have like donated money to help with like legal fees. Donated money to help writers and actors and actresses and so on and entertainers who are not working to be able to pay their bills and stuff. But yeah, it's like as a whole in Hollywood, who's not awful? Like, like, <laughs> like, see, see, like you said, there are like it's not that no like high high powered celebs or you know like high higher tier you know people are supporting, but just look at the juxtaposition of how few they are, and then the goofy shit that The Rock and fucking Oprah doing, telling ordinary ass people to donate to help with what's going on with natural disasters and shit. Motherfucking Oprah, like girl, you got enough money to buy the damn planet more or less, and you telling ordinary people to donate to this damn girl. Oprah has so much money that she could give every black person in the U.S. $5 million and still be a billionaire. She could reduce it to giving every every black person in the world a million dollars and she would still be a fucking billionaire. <laughs> Don't ask me to donate shit. Donate this dick. <laughs> like, come on, get the fuck out of here. I just think I just think famous people just ne- it's not even that they don't read the room. They read the room and do not care. Yeah. That That's my issue. They do not care. They read the room. They know what they're doing is fucked up. They know we are living in a time where even their fellow entertainers are being reduced to bartending and driving Lyft and Uber and DoorDash and Uber Eats to make ends meet. And you would be asking motherfuckers that pre-strike were was not making good money to donate, and you got billions of fucking dollars. Ciao, Oprah. You go eat Stedman's ass and get you some clarity about your motherfucking self. Mm. Prayers down to everybody. Um, speaking of prayers down, Jocelyn sat down with Carlos King. I feel like <laughs> why y'all laugh? Boom, cat, cat. Jocelyn Jocelyn sat down to do an interview with Carlos King and she says that at the height of her career on Love and Hip Hop she was the highest paid person on the show and she was making $50,000 an episode and she also went on to say that she absolutely knew about Stevie and Mimi because she had a threesome with them and that's how they met she also says that she, her and Stevie, when Stevie first met Jocelyn, before they even had sex, he took her to Mona Scott to say, put her on Love and Hip Hop, you won't regret it. I feel like we said many moons ago, Jeremy, on this show that this, this was definitely calculated on Stevie's part. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, They also asked Jocelyn, is, is she bitter because... Cardi B has the career that she wishes she had. And she kind of was like, no, that's not it. Um, the stuff that I do with Zeus, you know, I own that. My daughter will eat off of that and this, that, and the third. And I guess my question is, do y'all think Jocelyn is delusional? Or do you think Zeus has the kind of staying power where one day, 20 years from now, motherfuckers going to be wanting to watch Jocelyn's cabaret? I think it's no. Fine. Oh, go ahead, Adrian. I'm sorry. No, I think I think Jocelyn knows this reality shit don't last long. Get it while the getting is good. 
and having money. So do I think her daughter will her daughter will have the money to live fabulously necessarily? No, but if she want to go to maybe college, have a little house or something, the condo, I think Jocelyn has planned for that as long as she don't snort it allegedly. I think everything <laughs> will be fine. <laughs> so I think she has planned for that. I think she had, if I'm going to be in this circus, you going to pay me top bill. Yeah, okay. I agree with that. I th- I definitely think it's a more of a, it's good now, because Lord knows, I, like, to your point, Kenneth, Lord knows I don't think Zeus going to be around 30 goddamn years. Or, like, we're going to look back on it like, you know, Zeus was spinning like, nah, that, that ain't going to happen. But is it hot right now? Yes, because it's an, it's an alternative, like, mess to, like, if because, I because you know, we all know people, plenty of people who, have just like given up on the mo- the Mona Scott multiverse. Shout out to Curtis uh for that. Like, so they're looking, they like Miss, but they've like Mona Scott is rubbed in the wrong way for good reason, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and so they're looking for Miss, and right now Zeus is like the hottest alternative for better or worse. Honestly, a lot of worse. But <laughs> yeah, because I mean it's uncensored. Yeah. Right? Is it yep, it's and uncensored. All that kind of stuff, and they you encourage the, full- the fighting. Yeah, you get the full unfiltered rashness that people kind of miss from like the earlier times of like your love and hip hops, your bad girls club, etc. So it's a nice alternative in the now, and it's gonna pay. Now is it gonna pay well as Mona Scott? Probably the hell not. But it's enough to like Adrian said, like get have Jocelyn living good, have her pimp living good, and have her daughter. You know, she'll be good. Now what? Yes. Now, does Jocelyn have a long, long, long-term plan? Probably not, because she probably can't count that high. But, Ooh. <laughs> but in the now... Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. But in the Ooh. now, in the now, in the short-term... <laughs> in the now, in the short-term future, they good. So, I, I do believe her on that aspect. Now, as far as her, like, first of all, that was a loaded-ass question talking about, are you jealous that Carter got the success you think you should have? That was a loaded-ass question like yeah. that really was like talk about carlos messy ass king jesus christ uh i feel like jocelyn don't have no beef with cardi personally but i definitely do feel like in some part of her she's like damn i wish it was me just a little bit just a if little. i could yeah, be I honest could. if i could be honest i think every person on love and hip-hop from any franchise while they may not say it and while they may try to act like they like her, they all wish that they had Cardi B's level of success to the point where they didn't have to do love and hip hop. So I agree that that was a loaded question because you can bring fucking Rashid on and ask that question. Yeah, right. Bring Carly on to ask that question. Hell, you can even bring Amara on to ask that question. But if we do a roundup of the people on love and hip hop, I would say at this point, the only other person who has been extremely successful, and I don't even know if she's truly had Cardi B's level of success, is Trina and Trick Daddy. Trina and Trick Daddy. They yeah. they are platinum selling artists, but I don't yeah. even think they have Grammys. Yeah. I mean, they're legends in their own right, but I think it's also a, a conversation of like different eras and different times. Yeah, how absolutely. Consume, absolutely. Know, absolutely. Absolutely. But, I feel did, like their success. Did y'all know, hmm? know Rashida had a show, a, a TV, another TV show? She's on another TV show. What now or in a previous time? 
No, now it's on like Aspire or something. It's like called Boss Moves or something. I've never watched it. It looks like oh, a lifestyle. Not. Stuff. No, absolutely. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it and report back. <laughs> Come on, nigga, recon. <laughs> <laughs> nigga, recon. Okay. <laughs> nigga recon is fucking hilarious <laughs> I, and, and I think the other thing is Jocelyn took a real nasty dig at Nene saying Nene on here begging talking about you know people need to respect her and what people need to do for her and this that and the third and I'm gonna just be honest that's audacious as fuck coming from Jocelyn. that's all that's extremely audacious like girl, do you not know that we that we begrudgingly watch your show? That's all you do on your show is like demand that them girls respect you. So I, and you 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 not nearly as legendary as Nene in, in many aspects. Not even remotely. Not even remotely. Just like, I'm, not, I'm I'm not even being funny. Like you might have some singles and people do. You know, Hey Maid is a classic. I'm not gonna hold you, but like that's one you got. Nene got several in the chamber. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, you probably can't uh, look, you can't be on Twitter and not see a NeNe meme at some point. Like, a, at some point during the day, quote, or a video. An episode, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, I was trying to see. I don't remember, when did when did Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, when was the first episode? Uh, the very first Ooh. episode? Hold on. Season I, I, one was... 2012 girl jocelyn <laughs> bitch if you don't sit there it's have a stadium of fucking seats girl real housewives of atlanta the very first episode premiered in 2008 2000 and goddamn eight i mean listen all i'm saying is that you google nene leaks and it says cultural icon you google jocelyn hernandez reality tv star now i ain't the smartest person in the world but those are two different. Those are two very distinct, different honorifics. <laughs> they just in different lanes. I wish just people learn. Just be cool with your lane. Yeah, be cool yeah. with your lane. Truly. Yeah. Like Jocelyn, you are a reality TV star. Nobody can take that away from you. You from are. You, you are P Valley guest and P Valley guest star too. You yeah, are reality that. TV gold. You earned your stripes when it comes to reality TV. Yes, you sure have. Correct. However, there are some However, people who are cultural icons. And you know who that one of those people are? Nene Leakes. Because honestly, when, if we say love and hip hop Atlanta, we'll say Jocelyn, but we'll also say Stevie J. We'll also bring mm -hmm. up Kirk and Rashida. We'll also bring up Lil Scrappy. We'll also Young bring Hell, up, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it took a collective effort. Yeah. You were an entertaining piece of love and hip hop, but love and hip hop would have been love and hip hop without Jocelyn because Kurt was around there sucking and fucking any, anybody making all kind of outside babies. And Erica was living in the projects when, um, when the first episode premiered Yeah, like we and have... Mama D was smoking her goddamn teeth out her mouth. Yeah. Like you were a piece. You were not the piece. And if it, if it wasn't you, Stevie J was going to cheat on Mimi regardless because that's what he does. Yeah. Real Housewives of Atlanta wouldn't have been Real Housewives of Atlanta without Lanethia Leaks. Yep. It just wouldn't be. So, you know, mind your, mind your mouth. Stick to the rivers and the lakes that you used to. Stick to bullying them girls who want that chump change on Jocelyn's Cabaret. Which has been good this season. 
they have they have they and probably the threat of that lawsuit or that other shit they have positioned jocelyn in a good place she's not there a lot she pop in for rehearsals to pick who gonna be for the performances she stay a little while but she let them girls fight amongst themselves and that's it so you're saying the show is actually watchable now it is they because it's more it has a little more structure like they're in a house it's all the girls that are in a house together. They're learning. They're learning the choreography, and each week or each whenever performances are coming up, she picks the girls that are going to go do the performance or whatever. Uh, they leave. Like now, they're going to go to that Las Vegas performance that she had. So they'll leave, but then they still got the other girls in the house fighting. They didn't have some good fights in the house, like. It's been it's been good. The changes, the tweaks that they have made have made it better. And, you know, if we are to be honest, that was kind of the setup prior to the last season. Like this is what season three or season four. Three. Wait, I think this four. is this might be four. Okay, season four. four. Okay. So like seasons one and two. They were kind of that, but they were still Jocelyn wasn't living in the house with the girls. Like season one, everybody was in Miami. So everybody was was living their own lives. And then they were coming together to try to do the cabaret stuff. Yeah. Season season. two, I think all of the girls were living in the house or no, it might have been Miami again. And then season three is when she brought the girls to Atlanta. And, you know, we saw we saw all of this kind of shit starting to happen. I don't even think. Was she living in the house in Atlanta? I don't remember. I just know that when the when it first started, it was similar to the setup that you're explaining now, Adrian, and that she wasn't okay. deeply involved. Well, they should have stuck with it. Yeah, it, well, was, it she was, was. She wasn't deeply involved in living in the house and all of that kind of stuff. It was similar, but you could still tell it was kind of rough because she, while she wasn't living in the house, she was more directly involved. Because remember that whole shit with Lucky and them other two girls that were weird as fuck uh, that actually, that Jocelyn actually beat their asses. Like, it was it was, it was rough. You know, it was the rough draft scene. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they didn't, they're starting to clean it up. I, and I like it. It's a enough conflict, but Jocelyn's really not there, like, a lot. So it's just a lot of the conflict among the girls. Um, so I, I like it. I like it. It's It's been watchable. Well, maybe we go on and try to catch up then. And, and yeah, it's like you could jump, you could jump in and catch up and do a, a little, a real little quick recap. It hasn't been too much happening, but enough happening each episode. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so let's go. You know, I watched the Real Housewives of Atlanta reunion. Part one. I've seen clips and I can't wait to talk about a specific one. Continue, friend. But I want to rewind because I, I would like to get Love and Marriage Detroit, the second party reunion out the way. It didn't really give a whole lot, but I just want to talk specifically about um, Brandon and Anthony. And it, it seemed like two corny niggas trying to fight for the last spot on the dodgeball team. Cause don't nobody yes. want no nobody want to be picked last. Yes. If my and my this is my thing with Anthony. I need you to be honest and admit that the only reason you went back and told that lady who you working with 
that Brandon might have said what he said is because you you have some weird competition thing with Brandon. You have no proof that he said this, not a text message, not a phone conversation, not nobody that was there and privy to the conversation. Like it's literally your word against his. And I feel like if it's if it's my word against yours, sometimes you just got to leave that shit on the playground because it, it just looks really messy. You can't provide a time, a date, a place, which y'all was doing, where y'all was at, who y'all was hanging with, when this was said. And I and I feel like if that conversation happened and, and Brandon said exactly what you said he said, you remember you will re- remember a lot more of the, the details about when y'all had that conversation. Bruh, we was at such and such and so-and-so. We we was having a drink, shooting pool. I brought her up because ABC happened and you said, nah, I don't, I don't rock with her like that. I don't like her. You can't provide any key details to this conversation. Also, Brandon, I feel like you maybe have said something in that nature, but you don't want to own up to it either. Maybe it wasn't as severe mm-hmm. as what Anthony is making it seem, but you certainly said something about that lady to him. It's somewhere in the middle, but the way y'all handling it, it's almost like a, it's almost like a girl. It's like two girls windmilling at each other. Neither one of y'all can fight and y'all are not going to do nothing about it. So why keep talking about it? Mm-hmm. I just, I, I, I'm going to be honest out of all of the husbands. I don't really like Anthony. He just, I mean, where, was call- all this, where was all this smoke when your wife wasn't letting you take a Disney Marvel deal? You didn't you didn't push back that goddamn hard against some real money. I mean, I've been calling him a bitch the whole season. So like he's just a whole ass nigga. He is. And I feel like again, a lot of his aggression with other people is because he can't he can't take he I don't want to say take it out on his wife. He can't hold his wife accountable for how she treated him in that situation. Because every time it's brought up, she downplays exactly how important this was to him. So mm-hmm. now he has to direct that misguided anger elsewhere. I also feel like part of it, and I'm not trying to give him an excuse, but I feel like, especially since I've been calling him a bitch this whole season, but I feel like he might feel like if I address this and try to hold her accountable, I'm going to be the bad guy because I shouldn't be having this like smoke for my wife. But it's like, you can hold her accountable without being a dickhead because that is something that, like as a couple, it shouldn't have been just like she shut it down and that's it. Like it should have been a more nuanced communicative effort because ultimately y'all as a team need to do what's best for y'all as a team and y'all family. And it doesn't seem like y'all did that. So had you done that, it would have been a different story but because you didn't. And because for whatever reason, I guess you feel like if you do it, you the bad guy because you not you as a man not supposed to step to your wife like that. I don't know, but whatever it is with you, I need you to get it together and stop being a whole ass nigga. That's what I need you to do. Whatever it is with you is fucking hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever it is with you, figure it out. Because I'm tired. I've had enough. Enough is enough. (laughs) I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. Give my people free. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Okay, enough. Silencio.
<laughs> with, all, <laughs> all right. with all this fucking arguing on y'all are just i just feel like it's it's y'all are too grown to you don't have receipts you really don't and i'm gonna be honest in situations if i'm in a situation like that i really have to weigh the level of outcomes be without receipts and it if i don't have enough concrete evidence to say you said this or you did this or whatever some it just ain't worth the argument the other part is yeah maybe at the time brandon didn't care for that lady and maybe they have been in setting other settings together and he's got to know her or or discuss or talk her business acumen and her credentials and you know he has a different perspective and outlook and he, he wants to work with her he think it's beneficial and profitable shit like that happens all the time but I just, I don't, my takeaway in all of this is you saw an opportunity to be a pot stir and really mm-hmm. turn the tides against this person in this friend group. And that's basically what you did. And not only that, you can't stand up in it, which is the most annoying part to me. Because what happened between Brandon and Russell absolutely had nothing to do with Anthony and Latoya. And I will say you and your wife held so staunchly onto a situation that neither of you should have been involved in for people who claim they don't like drama. Mm-hmm. Well, where was all this smoke from when your kids was being harassed down at the schoolhouse? When they was down mm. there being called niggas and knuckle draggers. Mm. <laughs> niggas and knuckle draggers. Wow. Wow. She took her hood deep out the closet. Right? Like, wow. Did you know that's what they was up there saying? <laughs> wow. You know they they you know they went Eric Mena squared. <laughs> like that's that's some deep nigga. That's some deep yeah, that's racism. Some deep right hatred. That's that's what I'm saying. That shit was deep. Y'all was clueless about that. I didn't know what to do. I was mortified. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. Like, maybe pull your kids out that fucking school, <laughs> weirdo. Oh, man. That, that was a deep cut right there, friend. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to be honest. Those insults, listen, everybody in their mama, when people discuss racism and they dis- and they try to say, like, oh, well, at least it ain't the South. Y'all ain't never been to the Midwest. That's what I could tell you. Mm-hmm. Talk about that's it. what I could tell you without a shadow of a fucking doubt. Ask Adrian. Take it. I could tell you being from Ohio, you could be driving down to Southern Ohio and you're gonna see Confederate flags every fucking where. Yes. So I know what the from- fuck was happening up there in Detroit. <laughs> yeah, shit. Motown might have been up there, and in them white folks' eyes, it was Mo niggers. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I don't, but back to the top, where was y'all fucking antennas when y'all kids was being fucking belittled and degraded? Y'all have been so knee deep in this stuff between Brandon and, and uh, Russell and Kobe and um, Christina. And the thing of it is the shit really not even that deep for y'all to have taken sides in it. That's what cracked yeah, me up about it. It was, it was not that serious. It really was not that serious. Much like Adrian said last week, what made it so serious is because social media was calling that girl Kobe Cat. <laughs> and it's motherfuckers like us who do podcasts and keep bringing it up like I just did. Her her ego was hurt. Her pride was hurt. 
her pride was hurt. That's all this was about. If this had to happen and was handled privately, it would be a drop in the goddamn bucket. Truly. I hope you feel good about yourself, Harper Ray. You tore a friendship apart mm. with with gold plated jewelry. Mm. Well, Claire's would never. Claire's would. <laughs> well, suffer, nigga. All in all, it was a good first effort. Um, I would like to see them get a second season, and I would like to see them get a second season with the club owner guy and his wife being moved from friends of the show to part of the cast. Yeah, I can't think of his name. The real nigga. Yeah. The real nigga among us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh oh. Okay. I'm gonna talk about this, and then we're gonna take a break, and then we're gonna come back, and we're gonna get to the real housewives light-skinned but not so light-skinned keisha announced her pregnancy to her fiance coco coca vango i hope that boy mama didn't name him that but once she announced her pregnancy his the mother of his first child his oldest child came out and said the bitch is a hoe and that light-skinned Keisha had fucked Coco's brother. And Coco said, now that's not true. You just hating and you being bitter because we announced the pregnancy. And now I just want to remind y'all that this this oldest daughter is like a teenager, right? Okay. And, and the mother said, you know, you're not present. You don't see her that often. So announcing a pregnancy for a child... Where you were you not even showing up like you should for the child you already have is just very fucking interesting to me. And light skinned Keisha got on Instagram live and said, Now, why you waited to announce this when we announced the pregnancy? First of all, we just saw her in April and she was with us for two weeks during spring break. Bitch, it's September. Telling the confirming to the world what the baby mama said to be true. That your fiance only sees his current child once every four to six months, like a dentist for a biannual teeth cleaning, is really fucking something. And sometimes I wish I would just pay what you claim to be the bitter, the bitter baby mama dust instead of confirming that y'all are indeed some bozos. Because that means not only so spring break, that means a Memorial Day pass. Uh, that means 4th of July passed. That means Juneteenth passed. Uh, the baby had a whole summer break. Uh, Labor Day didn't pass. And we getting ready to gear up for Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas, and Columbus Day, um, and Veterans Day. And you have not seen that baby since April during spring break. Stop being weird to us. It's th- get y'all asses off the internet. That is a word. Get y'all asses off the internet. That was a word. Get 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 your asses off the internet doing shit like that, I, mm. and don't pop up and, and don't have a baby, and then when he don't see the baby for fifty moons, pop up on the internet. I just don't have it. Yeah. I don't have it. My my empathy reservoir is dry when you can read the Yelp review. So yeah, especially and then she was like, "I'm a stand up." I'm a stand-up bitch. I'm a stand-up woman. I'm a good woman. No, you're not. Not if you were the man who only see his child on spring break. You're not a stand-up woman. You're not a good woman. You don't care because it's not your child. And you feel like because you are engaged to that man, again, engaged, not yet married, not legally married, 
no paper binding, y'all. If things go south tomorrow, he can pack up and leave, or he or vice versa. You're not a you're not you just think it won't be you. And then he just tell you if he cheat on you, you're not gonna leave. Correct. Oh, got me fucked up. But okay. You know, yeah, y'all are not standing with me. If you are with a man who is not an active parent to his his pre-existing kids, you're not a stand-up woman. You're not. And I'm not saying he's a deadbeat because he may provide financially. Yes, he may pay his child support on time, but that doesn't make you an active and present father because you are providing financially. That is only one aspect of parenting. That is only one aspect of parenting. And even what you provide financially because you are no ditty, you're not no NFL, NBA player, you are at best a local producer um what you provide financially more than likely does not cover the whole picture of what it takes to financially raise your child but if not so light-skinned keisha would have kept her ass off ig live we wouldn't have confirmation that you're not a present father next time tell her to take her prenatal vitamins go dip her fries in the frosty and sit her gladys knight looking ass down somewhere okay (laughs) it's something Listen, we're going to be back after the break. We're going to talk about the first part of this Real Housewives of Atlanta reunion because I, I have a lot of things. Well, not a lot, but I do have things. And I see why Drew earned that first chair. And so we'll be back after the break. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. We are back after the break. We hope you went and got you a glass of wine, some liquor, some tree, uh, whatever you need, an edible to uh, keep you listening and laughing with us. Let's talk about Real Housewives of Atlanta uh, season 15 reunion part one. The first thing I want to say is the season was very dry when you, Andy, are asking Marlo to rate the, the women's fashions as a part of this part one reunion, because if it was jam packed with mess and drama and chaos and calamity, we wouldn't have no time for no fluff and filler shit like that. Especially not from no goddamn Marlo. Especially not from no goddamn Marlo. Um, but in that vein, I just want to say one thing. <laughs> Holla now, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lord. Sheree, why did you do that? <laughs> why did you sound like Curtis Cowley Dog? Not Curtis Cowley Dog. Wow, look now, bitch. Like, um. Why did she sound like she was in the I mean, you look the same, but you sound very crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to get that out before before, before you got going. Canceled. I'm sorry, that shit was just too funny to me. Like her veins was popping and everything. She was so upset. <laughs> she, <laughs> what she said is like it's it's the fact that she turned around the camera, sized her up, and then said. <laughs> 
bitch. <laughs> you look like a fucking demon. That's on Lucifer. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I don't think I've laughed at charade that hard in a long, long time. <laughs> I just want to say the back and forth between charade and candy when they both um, about plastic surgery, about plastic surgery, and also about certain business endeavors. It just it's it's weird, and I just feel like Candy has a lot to say. And yes, you are successful. And yes, you know how to get a bag and you know how to tap into certain industries and make money. But at the same time, Candy, you had a lot going for you pre Housewives of Atlanta. And you had a you had a platform and you had notoriety pre Housewives of Atlanta. And so I just I just find it pretty. Yeah, yeah, I do. And. And unrealistic to always have critiques for other people's business ventures and things like that. When you had a pre-existing platform. So I don't know. Like, yes, I do think she by Sheree is some bullshit. I do think that she only did the shit that she did regarding she by Sheree because she needed a storyline because the Tyrone shit has continuously fallen flat. And she had to have something. I don't think Sheree ever fully intended to make Sheba Sheree marketable, profitable, or anything else. It was just to be like, oh, let me shut you bitches up. I actually did it. However, she just did not cover all the bases in getting it going. Like making sure 95% of her designs were not available on Sheen or Pretty Little Thing. Um, also, we said it last week. And it bears repeating. If you, I just, I want Candy to stick to throwing stones and hiding her hand because you get, you was getting red for filth by Sheree. Which that in itself is a damn shame because it's Sheree. Like you was getting red for filth by Sheree. And even Sheree ain't do a good job because if you was going to read, baby, you should have started pulling up them OLG reviews about how salty that food is. We gave you the key to the city. Cause we didn't talked about how much how much hypertension is available on the menu. Oh well, OLG and the G stands for gastric acid. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Jeremy. <laughs> um, I mean, the speaking sh- of ratings, uh, would y'all like to know the ratings for the part one of the reunion? It did pretty good, right? It was like 800,000. 800, yeah, I mean, it's good comparative to like the rest of the season because the rest of the season is clocking in like the 700s, 600s, et cetera. So relatively yeah. speaking for the season, it did good. But I will say that it probably had such a high rating because everybody who didn't watch it the whole season just so tuned in to the reunion to catch up. Because it it was such a dull season that you really don't need to watch the other episodes. You can watch the reunion parts and get all you need to get from it. Because a lot of that season was fluff and filler. Yeah, the highest the highest uh, that they had for the season was uh, episode six with uh, nine hundred thousand. That was the season high. Yeah, and it kind of tapered off after that. Yeah. Um. Drew earned that first chair, but her and Courtney's back and forth was crazy. Well, first of all, I I do. I don't think the elevator go all the way to the top for Drew. 
nobody can be this oblivious to when they telling a lie or she's a really good actress. And I'm not sure she's a really great actress to behave the way she behaves because Drew has been caught in a myriad of lies since she was introduced to us on this show. The, the drop it by Drew, the, you know, lying about having liposuction and the mommy makeover and shit like that. Like Drew has been ca- been caught up in countless lies. And however, I think that's very audacious for the ladies to point out, considering the biggest liar of them all was also sitting first chair with her. And that's Sheree. Sh- Sheree is a compulsive fucking liar. Mm-hmm. She about untruth. Like from lying about, about the Chateau, lying about Tyrone, lying about the Martell shit, which her like, I don't think they was ever in a relationship. It was yet again another stunt by two stunt queens, like a, a Whitfield and a hobosexual. She lies more than anybody on the show. So just, you know, everybody wanted to point out how Drew lied. Okay, clock fucking Sheree first. But please don't send Courtney back. I want, because I feel like in my heart of hearts, when Ralph and Drew's divorce is final, Courtney and Ralph will go public with their relationship. That woman is fucking that man. And if Drew can't see that, you need your motherfucking eyes fixed. They Y'all don't know the family tree. You don't know her mother. What's her mother relationship to Ralph mama or daddy? <clears throat> we, like, how are they related? Because they, they not related. You know how they relate when they bumping uglies. They related to... They Didn't related. they meet in like Tampa? And didn't he disappear to Florida for 72 hours? I believe Drew has been blatantly lied to all of her life. And so this is overlooking this lie is no different than other lies. Because you know my theory with Drew, mama, and that sister. So Yeah, you, I, I, I but feel I, like the, I, sister, the sister is the mama. Allegedly. Maybe. Supposedly. Yeah. The sister got, the sister was taken, allegedly, this is my theory, that allegedly the sister was taken advantage of young and ended up pregnant and, and, the, and the mama ended up saying, this your sister and we going I'm raise her, this my daughter. Because something, I'm telling you, Drew cannot be this stupid. Drew live in La La Land because reality is hard on her. And so much like you said, Adrian, she applies that to every facet of her life. Because there is no way <laughs> your husband left home, didn't tell you where he was going, and stayed gone for three days minimum, came back and said, oh, I went to Florida, and now up pops a cousin from Tampa that you ain't never met, wasn't at the wedding, don't know who her mama or daddy is, don't know if they share a grandparent, nothing. Child, please, that is Ralph's woman and he is too comfortable dragging drew's name through the mud to this lady and this bitch so dumb she don't realize that the cameras is always rolling on these fucking shows even when you think they not the cameras is always rolling you think because you took your mic off that wasn't no other cameras and mics around you and was rolling you talked about that lady kid and where you got that information from Ralph. And that means that Ralph talks negatively about the child that Drew has that's not his. And that tells me a whole fucking lot about Ralph's character 
which we already knew he was a shitty person, but that says a lot to me because he was just on social media talking about he's always loved him like he was his own. He's always taking care of him like he was his own. Yet you are comfortable with a woman that you don't really know like that saying negative, nasty things about your your stepson. No, she got that shit from you. She got that from you. You did not establish boundaries with, hey, don't talk about none of my kids, my oldest or my youngest, mm-hmm. period. They're off limits. Yeah, me and Drew might be going through it, but leave our kids out of this. He got on social media and started trying to argue with Drew. He ain't even get on social media and check you because he don't want you to tell the world that y'all fucking. So he got to stay on your good side. So I'm going to just be waiting because I know that information is going to come out. I know they, they're having a very romantic sexual relationship. She's got too much vitriol for Drew to just be a cousin, especially a distant fucking cousin. She on some distant dick is what she on. Distant dick. <laughs> dick twice removed. <laughs> distant dick twice removed. Removed from real, am I right? <laughs> oh, shit. You's a nasty motherfucker, Ray. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know what what more to say about that. Um, Just just because it's it's a very odd relationship, and I and I do like I said, Candy rubbed me wrong talking about Drew gaslights Ralph, and again. Do y'all not remember the Ralph we were introduced to when Drew was introduced to us? This motherfucker has been mean and nasty to this woman every time we've basically seen him and her interact on this show. And y'all face that up. Because it ain't like he just restricted to, you know, when him and Drew, you know, are together in scenes or alone and stuff. Like, he mean to her in the presence of y'all. Yeah. He's, He's a nasty piece of work. And again... I don't give a fuck. I wouldn't give a fuck if Drew lined up 13 pussies on the table and and used a office chair and rolled down the line and ate every pussy until she burped because Ralph started the disrespect and the degradation of the marriage by skipping town on his wife and kids for 72 hours and popping back up with a with a cousin from Tampa. You started it. You started it. You started it. And don't give me, well, if she couldn't forgive and move on, she should have left. Hey, it's an evil world we live in. Sometimes that <laughs> lick, sometimes getting that lick back while licking cat matters more. She wanted her lick back literally. And she got it from Ty Young. In person, I just can't imagine trying to defend a nigga named Ralph. Personally, who we've seen be an awful person repeatedly on our TV screens. Now, I do. Now, he's I, been awful to <clears throat> Drew. He's been awful where Drew's son has been involved. He's been awful to Drew in front of people. He's been awful to Drew on the internet. He has just, he is a awful motherfucker. He is nonchalant about how unkind he is to her. He has been awful in therapy. He has sat in in couples therapy and not tried to do any actual real work to have a healthy and functional marriage. So I don't give a fuck what Drew did to Ralph. Yeah. 
Like ideally, I would want for her to get her lit back and also leave that nigga. Yeah. Well, I mean, so far it seems like the the divorce proceedings are moving forward. Nobody has called off a divorce, a la mm-hmm. Croy and Kim, to All which right. now the divorce is back on. And we we can also we can touch on that because Croy is playing chess while Kim is playing checkers. Um, <laughs> but he's just not a good person. And I just I side eye any woman on that stage, uh trying to go against Drew and propping up Ralph because Ralph has not historically been good to Drew and she's better off without him, to be honest. And that's evidenced by even the amount of vitriol he shares with Courtney about Drew and she regurgitates it much like Drew said. So go to hell. Um, the part two trailer looks really good. That's when uh, Ralph is gonna come out and do some talking and things. But I just want to say this. Um, I think we have discussed before how dangerous and how nasty and how awful it is for people to try to out people. Um, and you know, in their sexuality, uh, we say it's a no no all of the time, and so. I feel like what Candy has been trying to do, I feel like what Candy has been trying to do with Drew is very fucking awful, especially as a woman who claims to be about sex positivity. Um, Even if somebody came and told you about Drew and Ty, using it for a storyline on this show when Drew seems obviously she if there's any truth to it drew seems uncomfortable discussing her sexuality and her attraction to women and so on and so forth so trying to make it a viable storyline to me is just very nasty work it also just shows how boring as fuck candy is because you ain't got nothing else better to do especially when you eat pussy also that you and ty be in there eating pussy and, and licking booty hoes mind your bedroom I feel like people should be allowed to. Well, first of all, I don't think people should ever have to come out because nine times out of 10, what somebody is doing in their bedroom is not your business. But if Drew ever wanted to come out and say, I'm bisexual, I'm bi curious, I'm bi questioning, or I'm with a woman, or I don't want to put a label on it, I enjoy both sexes, whatever case, that should be her decision to do on her time. It I shouldn't people- be. It's very nasty work to me. And it shouldn't be a storyline. Unless it's Drew's storyline. Unless it's Drew's story to tell. Exactly. Uh, Before we go, I saw that things were getting pretty nasty between Kim and Croy in their divorce. And Adrian is our resident legal counsel. And what is being said that is that Croy requested from the requested and what's going on in their divorce proceedings that they sell their $3 million home and the money from the sale of the home be put into a trust and the money in the trust be used to pay off their debt and whatever and whatever is left after their debt is paid off, they can determine what to do with the money. And Kim was like, no, that was my idea. That was my idea. And Chloe was like, no, it wasn't. Kim is selling off all of her things, her wigs, her bags, her shoes, anything of value. And she is using the money to keep up 
a certain aesthetic and a certain lifestyle. Meanwhile, things that Koi is selling or trying to get rid of the money, he's using that money to keep bills paid and things like that. Their home was in foreclosure once and they somehow got the money to pay to, you know, stop the foreclosure and, and bring the, the mortgage or the house note up to current. And they had to pay it on time three more times to fully stop the foreclosure proceedings or something like that. And they did that. But now, um, Koi says, you know, all of his income and all of his money is being used to pay bills. Whereas Kim is using her money to jet set back and forth to LA and try to keep up a certain lifestyle. And if they were to sell the house without it being put in a trust, um, Kim would probably take her portion of the money and, and leave. And he would be left to settle all of the debt. So, yeah. Kim got a problem. That's what that really sounds like that. Yeah. It sounds like she, yeah. And she's much older than him with no financial literacy. And I don't, I I just, I I mean, this Kim's so sad. I don't care about sounding rude to this. It's like, do she not know her place in the world? Like, Literally, you have not been in any kind of public eye since you weren't on Real Housewives of Atlanta. Even then, the most public eye you have is like being in mess and chaos and also being racist. Like nobody gives a fuck about you for you to try to keep up a certain image and lifestyle because nobody gives a damn about your image. So like, why are you not being? And not only not only that, they Kemp and Croy have a shit ton of kids together. Right, like why? And, you- and so, why? My question is, why are you jet setting back and forth to LA when you have at least it's, it's like four of them, right? Yeah, like four or five, I think. Four or five small kids. <clears throat> like, why are you not like being smart and helping your husband take care of the bills, the children, and like y'all immediate like livelihood things that you need to in order why to survive? Go ahead, Adrian. Kim is a certain type of white woman. Mm. Um, I would venture out to say not highly educated, not saying that she's stupid, but not highly paper educated might be the best way to say it. She had them looks, so she was able to hook Big Papa, but she saw that kind of dwindling. Then she sees this younger football player, so he's bringing in a little money so I can replace Big Papa with him. Live, live my redneck fairy tale for a little while. Have these kids, so just in case he wants to leave, I'm getting child support checks for these kids. And now Kim is looking for Kim is looking for her next pocket, and that's why she has to sell. Like he's saying, she's selling things to put off a certain type of atmosphere about herself or or about herself because she's trying to she's trying to hook a richer fish, not realizing. Baby, you, you you've kind of aged out of that game. That's a young woman's game. Yeah, yeah. And that ain't nothing. Ain't nothing worse than an old bird, especially an old white one. Mm-mm. Circling, trying to find something. Ain't nothing worse. Because at that point, that ain't a bird. That's a buzzard. Mm-hmm. Ain't 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 nothing worse. Yeah. And I also want to say I don't feel sorry for Croy because um. I just think it's always a bit irresponsible for a couple to not 
keep a hold on their finances together. Yeah. I feel like at some point you had to realize things were going awry financially for you for the home when you start getting calls from you know the the mortgage lender or bill collectors like at some point you had to realize financially she was running y'all into the ground i think he did at one point but i think this is a case of him doing something about it way too late yeah i think he did realize at one point but again it's the same thing i was trying to say with like anthony on detroit it's like for whatever you motherfuckers have in your head was like you cannot talk to your partner about hey we need to chill the fuck out like like money is a thing capitalism is a thing finances are a thing we don't need all this highfalutin fancy motherfucking shit all the goddamn time like at some point he noted he realized that but couldn't have the backbone to tell kim to sit her ass down some goddamn well and again you don't have to be a dick you don't have to be ralph in order to do that but you do need to have a smile to be like hey we don't need to do all this crazy shit to be in a comfortable space and he decided to do something about it way too late Hence why they're going through the divorce as they are. Yeah. Just- yeah. I think they just thought the money was always going to come in. They were always going to have um, a tardy for the party or whatever to fall back on. And it just didn't work out like that. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. So we are back to playing in the snow. Um, the messy mamas, the messy Mormon mamas of Salt Lake City is back. And this season premiere did not disappoint. So I'm going to get into it. So we are back. And at this point, Jen Shaw has gone to jail. And I love that song. <laughs> um, Ginger something Shaw. supposedly dramatic happens because the show opens and it's like Bermuda, May 10th, 2023. And they are getting Heather on camera and she's taking her mic off and shit, but they still are recording. And Heather is like, I I cannot believe it's her. How could she do this to us? And then they cut to like, it's like a dramatic thing of voiceovers, quoting scriptures and this, that, and the third. But it's just really awkward. And then they come start the actual episode. It's Sundance time and Lisa who claim remember she's the queen of Sundance and shit like that. Mm. Well, if y'all remember, well, like last season, remember she had a conversation with her son. Um, with, I think it was Jack about what he wants to do after graduation. And he was like, fuck college. And so he has maintained, he's not going to college after graduation. He surprises Lisa and her husband by saying he's going on a two year Mormon mission trip. And, Lisa is like shocked to her core talking about, you know, she can't believe it. What kind of parents have they been that he wouldn't want to tell them that he wants to go on a Mormon mission and this, that, and the third. And so I it mean, just, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, we haven't necessarily seen y'all be the best of parents. Not that y'all have been awful, but not been great either. And especially in your case, Lisa, I mean, half of the time you and in other and you cause a mess and chaos and destruction hell in your own other personal relationships, aka Meredith. So 
again, you ain't been terrible parents, but you ain't been great. So I mean, you know, hey, knock knock, wake up call. Yep. So then we cut back to Heather, and she's like, open her second beauty lab. Her book, Bad Mormon, has made it to the New York Times bestsellers list. She's purchased a new home and she's sitting down. She's like, she's like chopping it up with Meredith. And she tells Meredith that her and Whitney met up to try to mend their relationship. And Meredith starts going off about how Whitney took some digs at Meredith saying her and Seth were creepy for taking baths together and how they um, probably feel. What did she say? Um, Wait, was this at the reunion? No, no, this is like like recently because Whitney did an interview and she made fun of Meredith and stuff and was like um, they they take baths together and she said it was creepy and bacteria filled and Whitney you oh, okay all right and, but all Heather right. is like okay are you mad for real or are you serious and Meredith was like you don't go after my marriage and you don't go after my bathtub she was like the only thing she left out was my children and I, I'm just sitting here like, uh-huh. okay, Meredith, okay, all right, okay, okay. Not like, the, not the queen of mean crying over a little jokey joke. Yeah. Well, Our, I mean, not, uh, wait, wait, is Meredith? I thought Lisa was the queen of, of mean. Well, you know how Meredith hold a grudge. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah, you 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 right. You that's true. But that's what that's was like. Okay, like I'm, I, I'm with Meredith on a lot of stuff, especially as as it pertains to how like terrible Lisa was to her. But this is one of the ones where it's like, okay, Meredith, this is a bit dramatic. <laughs> this is a bit dramatic. Like it was very dramatic. Like and- I'm not saying because because I'm not gonna lie, that that shit that witness said was corny. I'm not gonna lie. Like, girl, you are grown. Like, couples babe together all the time. Like, get the fuck over it. Yeah. Just because your husband's so old, he can't get in the tub and sit down without breaking his hip (laughs) when y'all try to get up. Yeah. Like, that's what, like, Whitney was corn as fuck, but it didn't warrant that type of reaction, Meredith. It it didn't. It didn't warrant that. Like, that's the type of reaction you had for Lisa and and very justifiable, but that ain't the same. It's not at all. And so, now, um, Mary is back, and oh, she's she only she's only back as a friend of the show. So, which honestly, that's that's the place she needs to be. Honestly, yeah, yeah, she's back as a friend of the show, and she is having like lunch with Meredith, and she's like, you know, how have things? Well, before that, she tells she basically says that. Robert Jr. has a girlfriend, but everybody's telling me it's his wife. So we're just going to have to figure that out. Um, Hello? What? Wait, what? Hello? You don't know if your son is married or not? <laughs> what? Excuse me? Hello? And the producers what? was like, you haven't asked him? And you know what this bitch said? I haven't had a chance. Hey, what? <laughs> I hate that I, I hate that I thought that the premiere was next week and not this week. Because, bitch, What? <laughs> How do you not have time to ask if your son is old ass married? What? <laughs> like, how the, like how the fuck you just casually forget? Oh, hey, mama, just showing up with marriage papers. Hello, how you doing? Like, what is you no, doing? imagine having to ask your child. Like, are you? Is that your wife or what? What? Like, what like it's very weird. And then not not having any sense of urgency behind finding out. So, um, 
Oh, 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 so, I mean, she'll always be same old Mary, but she she is like having lunch with Meredith and she asks Meredith about Jen and now everybody want to be hush hush about Jen. And she's like, she basically like brushed it off when Mary asked her like, so what's been going on? Like, you know, we're y'all speaking to Jen and Meredith kind of like ignored her and was like, no, I haven't talked to Jen since she went to prison. And that was the, the crux of her asking that. But, um, okay. Angie K from last season has been promoted to a full-time housewife. And I mean, I don't really care about that. Um, but that's an odd new- choice. Cause if I'm remembering, like she didn't really contribute. Is that the one that got into it with Mary? Thanks. Or was that? Or was that the season prior? Because then, wait, because Mary took last season off, didn't she? Yeah, Mary wasn't on last season. So I don't remember who this one is. Because she well, don't we, sound. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I remember, but I don't remember her contributing a lot. Okay. But what I will say is, we have a new cast member, and her name is Monica. And this is where shit is going to get very, very sticky. Monica is Jen's former assistant. Ooh. What, hold, what, hold, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Not only is she Jen's former assistant, is she in as a friend of the show or is she like a full, she like, is a, she is a full member. Oh, shit. Hold and up. Wait a minute. She has an interesting story where, like, she cheated on her husband, divorced, they got divorced, they got remarried, and now they're getting divorced again. But the biggest thing is not only was she one of Jen's former assistants, um, she testified as a witness against Jen in this in this trial, and she said that Jen propositioned her with a shady business opportunity. She turned it down. She spoke to a friend who works in the Secret Service and claims that friend told her to get the hell away from Jen Shah because she was going to prison. And two months later, Jen was arrested, and now she's in jail. And she was a witness in the federal government trial against Jen Shah. And I just want to say, do you know what type of poetry it is for her assistant to testify against her? That testimony aided in sending her to prison. And then she took her job on Salt Lake City and her TV friends. We are so bad. We're cooking with grease because that's the type of mess I live for right now. That's messy as all hell. I love it. No, it gets messier. So we see like Monica, like kind of wanting to be close and cool with the girls. But in her confessionals, she says that um, she got a lot of dirt on the ladies from Jen. And she tells us that Jen would get sick of talking to Lisa, hand the phone to Monica while Lisa was rambling on the phone. And then Jen would have her hang up on Lisa and act like the call dropped. And she was like, Jen never said anything nice about Heather. And she said in her green screen, it's so crazy hearing them portray their perfect lives while I have all their dark secrets very heavy on my mind. Now, this is how you, this is how you come with some mess. Like, mm, mm. And what makes it so crazy is we back. nobody has talked to Jen to confirm or deny if anything Monica's saying has merit or truth. 
So Monica could say anything at this point and be like, yeah, I got that from Jen Shaw. So now, now this I is how like you this season, shit. I wonder if this season Monica is going to drag Jen's name completely through the mud. I, mean, I wonder if we're going to end up getting some type of communication from Jen, like trying to reach out to the producers or telling uh, Sharif to reach out to the production team and, and or that she's going to call them collect or she wants to write them a letter. I wonder if if like we're going to get something as the season moves on, because she she this lady is throwing Jen under the bus early. I mean, it's a lot of different ways that can go with it, right? They can go with the, with her throwing Jen under the bus angle, which they already doing. They could like if her and one of the other girls get into it, she could she could bring up you know shit that she Jen has told her, which you know could go down the path of again throwing her on, throwing Jen under the bus, or she her getting into it with the ladies. They could have some kind of animosity because maybe they compete or aware that hey, this motherfucker who we don't really know might have some things that, you know, she's coming in preconceived notions because of things that Jen has told her, you know, out of spite or anger or whatever. So it's a lot of ways that they could go with it. See, this, this type of shit, see, we back. We back. For sure. Well, it gets, then it gets really fucking funny because Heather throws like a fresh start, new beginnings type of theme party. And Mary says like she's excited to see Lisa but Lisa says the last text message she got from Mary said Lisa you're the biggest idiot you're a black widow you are the biggest liar in Utah you'll kill people with your nasty tequila you remind me of a witch you evil person you're not interesting you're a horrible human being Jesus Christ (laughs) Ain't hold nothing back on that, huh? And then in Mary's confessional, she's like, Yeah, I feel good about seeing Lisa. Okay, one, that is hilarious. Talk about a four page letter, I'll tell you what. Number two, <laughs> number two, if that ain't the pot calling the kettle black. <laughs> <laughs> now, at this, at this little, at this party or whatever. Mary is doing her bone collector due diligence because she asked Heather about Jen and Heather tried to brush it off and started basically downplaying the fact that she was a puppet for Jen. Mm. And she's talking about um, how the friendship was unhealthy and without boundaries. And now that Jen is gone, she feels a weight has been lifted. No, baby, yo, you still heavy with them big ass shoulders, <laughs> but you a coward because Jen been a piece of shit and you needed an ally so bad that you you clicked up with her. Now, Monica is saying that Jen never said one nice thing about you. Mm. Um, Meredith and Lisa try to start reconciling, mm. but I think that's only because Meredith wants to have a partner in crime as she sets her sights on trying to bully Whitney all season. And yeah. Whitney is like, Meredith, I Meredith, I know you won't get into a bathtub that's not immaculate. You could probably eat dinner off of your bathtub, okay? Like, let's get the fuck over it. And so I'm looking yeah. forward to this season. They 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 came in strong. Um, I want to see what Monica is bringing to the table. 
it looks like Meredith and Lisa try to hash it out, but then they end up fighting again. So, you Probably know, Whitney. yeah. So it's it's gonna be a, a a ball of mess, and I'm I'm here for it. So yeah, welcome welcome back, ladies of Salt Lake City. But that's all I got. All I got. That's all we got. Um, I mean, I'm gonna see how part two of that reunion is, and then I'll, that'll determine if we back next week or if we gonna take a week off and come back after that. You never know with us. You just never know. I mean, uh, we ebb and flow to how the shows go. Truly. Um, stay out of trouble. Keep your ass off the internet being weird. Uh, stop defending white people. Drink some water. Yeah. Eat some drink, chicken. Drink some water. Eat some chicken. Mind your business. Mind your business. Amen. Mm-hmm. We out and we'll see y'all back when we see y'all. Bye, everybody. Bye, y'all. <laughs>